So I just want to encourage uh, someone today. You know, 2014 was truly a year of promotion for me and my family. Uh, and I can't remember who it was that spoke that earlier in, in, back in January. They were speaking that 2014 was a year of promotion. Well, it certainly was for me and my family. Uh, because in 2012, we fought the devil himself. Uh, I had uh, what I would like to call uh, a Joseph, I mean, not a, a Job experience. You, are, you guys all know the story of Job and of all the things that he lost, of all the things in the areas that the enemy attacked him. And it seems as though the enemy attacked me in that same manner. And everywhere but my health, just like Job, because the enemy attacked Job in every area of his life but his health. And in the middle of 2013, I began to see God begin to restore the things that the enemy had seemed like that he had destroyed. I sit back and I just watch God just do one thing after the other, one thing after the other, just continue to restore and rebuild my life. If you are going through a Job experience right now, I just want to encourage you to hold on. Don't give up. Keep on pressing in. Keep on seeking God. Keep on serving on the level that you are serving on. You might even want to bump it up a notch. But whatever you do, do not grow weary in well-doing. Because in due season, you shall reap. The Lord is not slack. And he has no limitations. And in the right time, he'll show up on your behalf. And he'll bless you. He'll turn your morning into dancing. He'll turn your night in that dark season into a beautiful, sunshiny day. If you'll hold on. You know, when, when we were going through this time, uh, there, were, there were moments and in, in, in times that the enemy would meet me in the morning and dare me to get up. But I got up. Knowing that my God is faithful. Knowing that my God will restore me. See, you got to know something about God. You have to have a, an experience with God in order for you to face the trials of this world. Because they will come. They will come. But God is faithful. And I just want to encourage you, just continue to keep seeking God Keep serving and to do everything that he asks you to do because he loves you, he cares for you, and there are rewards for serving God. Amen. Amen. There's also a, a concern uh, that I have, and I see this every day. I see young men come on my job site and uh, not knowing who they are, I see them become something that God had never, ever meant for them to be. Have you ever asked yourself, who am I? I'm pretty sure at one time in your life, you've asked that question. And the experience, and, and experience a spiritual identity crisis. 
A spiritual crisis is when you take on an identity which is not your own. And when you ask the question, who am I? You discover that how you've, how you've lived and the path you've been on is not really your own. You created a persona and lived an inauthentic life based on what you needed or what you thought you needed at that time. Does that sound like anybody in here today? I can tell you 20 years ago, that was me. 20 years ago, that was me. I lived a life that was far, far away from what my parents had taught me and far away from what I knew about what the Word of God said that a man or a woman of God should be. When I say I was way left, I was way out there. But you know, it was the Word of God that brought me back to the throne of God that I may receive forgiveness for what I had created. You know, there, there are things in this world, there are demonic spirits that influence us to, to live a life that is far beyond what God ever imagined for you and I to experience. And because I was so uh, determined to become somebody, I looked and I, I, I found myself going down avenues uh, that just would accept me or, or for people that would just uh, uh, applaud me. And I guess in another way, I was just acting out a role, trying to fit in somewhere, trying to get somebody to buy in to who I was. But I realized I was selling myself short. And I had built this persona, and I had become somebody that I hated. And that was the time that I sought God, because I was sick and tired of me. Didn't want to live that lifestyle anymore. Didn't want to be that person anymore. For the first time in my life, I looked at myself and wondered, who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? Why am I doing this to myself? And when I, when I, when I asked myself that question, I remembered some of the things that I'd learned in my Sunday school class. Some of the things that I had learned uh, at, during the pastor's sermon, those words and those seeds begin to come up and they begin to tell me who I was. Even though at that time I didn't really understand and maybe some of it was so far over my head that I didn't believe it, it brought me to God. And I gave him a chance to answer those questions for me. And he did. And he told me who I was. He revealed it. He revealed it. He spoke to me. I had, never heard, I had never heard the voice of God until that day that I really gave myself to God, that I really was searching and I really wanted a change on the inside. I began to hear the voice of God. And he began to speak. And when he began to speak, I began to realize that I was doing things that I had promised God that I would never do. And he revealed a whole lot of things to me in this season. Like I said, things that were well over my head at the time. But it was those things that God began to speak over me 
and then they begin to become true in my life. So that's one thing about a spoken word of, from God. God will speak something in your life, and, and it'll be active. And it'll begin to produce something on you on the inside. It'll begin to produce something externally as well. It'll begin to change the atmosphere around you. It'll begin to change the, 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 uh, the places you go. It'll begin to change the people that you come in contact with. It'll change everything about you and everything about your life. One spoken word from God. And God began to speak. And I began to follow. But I see this every day. I see young men and women that really don't know who they are. Unfortunately, I see Christians that don't know who they are in God. That don't know what they have in God. Don't know their roles in the house of God. Don't know who they are in the kingdom of God. And because of it, they're living a defeated life. And that bothers me. It hurts me to see my fellow brothers and sisters really perish for lack of knowledge. Young men come to my job daily. And they come from great homes. They have good moral teaching. Some of them even uh, uh, were raised in Christian homes. And they come on the job. And they are so wanting to be accepted. Till I see grown men that don't know who they are. And because they don't know who they are, these young men come to these older men. And these older men create a persona in them as well. Or these older men, they influence these young men in the wrong way. And then these younger men become, my God, it's mind-blowing to what you can see what happens to a young man in a matter of two weeks. I've seen them change from a, a, a young man that, that, that had good moral values from his home to a young man that, wasn't, that has been influenced to be one of the most perverted persons that you'd ever run into. And that bothers me. The problem is, is that we as the church, we as the people of God, we have to really, really know who we are in Christ. When we know who we are in Christ, we reflect God's glory. We reflect his character when we know who we are. It's part of our responsibility as children of God to know these things. In Genesis 1, verse 26, 27, It reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. You and I were created in the image of God. In the very image of God. Now, there are two um, 
definitions that I ran across when it began to talk about what, does, what did this mean. And the first is, the traditional view is that God's image includes certain moral, ethical, and intellectual abilities. And the more recent view, based on Hebrew grammar, interprets the phrase as meaning God placed humankind as living symbols of himself on earth to represent his reign. He placed you and I on earth that we may represent him and that we would reign over everything on this earth. Not over each other, but over the things of this earth. That's what he created you and I to be and to do. To have dominion over everything. See, you and I have to realize that after the fall of Adam and Eve, that dominion was given unto Satan. But when Jesus came and he lived the sinless life that he lived, he paid every penalty for sin that you and I had ever created, which brought us back into right standing with God. Not only did he bring us into right standing with God, but he gave us back the dominion over the earth through him. You see, we are not here just to pay bills, to work, to eat and grow old. You and I are called to have dominion over the earth. That means we are to take dominion over demonic influences throughout this entire earth. That is the authority and the power that God has given unto his sons and daughters. But when we don't know these things, when we're not aware of the power, when we're not aware of the authority, when we're not aware of the child that we are in him, then we fall victim victim to the enemy. We spend our lives in bondage when we ought to be out taking over kingdom territory. Do you know who you are? That is my question today. Do you know that you are more than just a person that, uh, 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 that, that is taking space in the earth? That you have abilities, you have anointings, you have giftings that God placed on the inside of you. And then when you link up with, when you link up with God, that those gifts and talents are in operation. And he's given these gifts for the body of Christ that you and I are to function in them and that we would bring strength to the body. We are the answer for the world. You and I, the body of Christ. This is the greatest, greatest organization, if you would, that is in the earth. Us. We are. We have the answer. We are the greatest family in the earth. As human beings, we play many roles in our lives. Sometimes, like an actor, we become what or who we think we are supposed to be. When, when you identify with invalidation and accept it as truth, you may spend a good deal of time and effort trying to fix it, trying to fix it by being someone you're not and never will be. 
Isn't that something that you could live a life that God never intended you to live or you could become somebody that you were never intended to be? Wouldn't that be a waste of your life? Though we see it every day. I've watched family members fall short of who, they, who God had called them to be. All because something went wrong in their life and they were never ever able to get over it. Or because they didn't have the, the knowledge and the understanding of this truth that is found in the word of God. Neither did they want to hear it. But they spent their entire life, entire life in alcohol, in drugs, in poverty. These are the lives that we live when we don't know who we are. And it's just what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to live in poverty. He wants you to be broke. He wants you to be sick. He wants you to be ignorant. He doesn't want you to get a hold to the truth that is found in the Word of God. That's why the Word of God is so powerful. Because it reveals the lies that the enemy tells you and I. And he tells a lot of lies. Sometimes his voice is real, real loud. And it drowns out what we feel and what we see ourselves as. But when you read the word of God, the truth is spoken. And see, that's one thing about truth. Truth will destroy lies. The truth that is found in God's word will destroy every lie that is spoken by the enemy. But you got to get that truth down in your spirit, down in on the inside of you, and know without a shadow of a doubt, this is how God sees me. This is how he views me. And I want to say something right now. Don't allow your shortcomings to stop you from believing who you are in Christ. See, that's another trap of the enemy is that he uses our shortcomings. He uses our failures. And he speaks these things back to us. He reminds us time and time and time again that you did this. You failed at that. You will never be this. Look at what you did last week. And it holds you in bondage. But that's not how God sees you. Especially after you have confessed that sin unto him. Open up your mouth. When you fall short of the glory of God, open up your mouth and confess what it is that you have fallen into. Confess that sin unto him. And he said that he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now, once you've done that, trust me, he views you in the same, he views you the same thing, the same way that he spoke to you earlier and before. You are more than a conqueror in me. Through me, you can do all things. This is how God views you and I. He loves you. He is for you. Don't allow the enemy to trap you up with lies. And what you did last week. But move on in God. You know, sometimes those lies can bring you to a place where you're just froze. You ever been froze because of what you did? Froze because of your shortcoming? Now, that was something that I dealt with as, an early, as, a, as a young Christian. But when I grew older and I got a hold to the fact and I truly believe that I can confess, once I confess this thing, it's over. 
Once you confess that to God, it is over. He never brings it back to you. That's condemnation. That comes from the enemy. Over and over and over and over and over until you feel like you don't want to live anymore. That's the enemy. That's not God. God doesn't, excuse me, God doesn't work in condemnation. Now, he convicts us, but I'm going to tell you how his conviction works. God will convict you of something that you, you are doing wrong and at the same time give you the strength and make you feel like you are an overcomer and that you can, you can defeat this, that you can go on, and that you could be a champion in God. That's how God's conviction works. Not condemning you and beating you down. See, you and I have to get a, a, a new view and a new revelation of who God is. You see, the old view of God was a lot of people believed that God was the great king and the great God who sat on the throne with a big baseball bat waiting for you to fall. And every time you fall, he busts you upside your head. That's not God. That's not the God that I serve. But the God that I serve is a loving father that speaks to me and tells me, yes, Dino, you may have fallen, but you can get up again. And trust me, I'm going to be with you the entire way. For every time that you fall, I'll be right there to help and pick you up. As long as you are, a, as long as you are willing to continue and to follow me, I'll always pick you up. That's the God that you serve. As long as you are able and are willing to go forward in God, he is there to cleanse you up, to give you the strength that you need and put you back on the course. He can get you back in alignment. You just have to be willing. Stop letting the enemy stop you in your place. Stop letting the enemy keep you from going forward and keep you from becoming the man and woman that you desire to be. Because on the inside of each and every one of us, we all want to please God. We all want to please God. And God knows this. So continue to march forward because your daddy is with you. He's with you every step of the way. Others see you and you even may see yourself in roles you play, but they are only seeing one, one small part of you and what you do is not who you are. What you do is not who you are. A lot of the, the, the actions and things that we live out, we live out, have come just from a misunderstanding of who we are in Christ. So a lot of the things that you and I fall short at, that's not who we are. Those are just the things that, that for whatever reason, we have uh, uh, allowed to believe. You know, a stronghold, guys, is something that will, uh, uh, that will keep you from being everything that you want to be. And what a stronghold is, a stronghold is a lie from the enemy. You have two different types of, of strongholds. You have strongholds of the mind and you have spiritual strongholds. Now, the stronghold that I'm talking about is the stronghold of the mind. And the enemy uses strongholds to keep you and I in bondage. Once again, that's why it's so important for you and I to read the word of God. That we know uh, uh, who we are, what the Bible says that God is and what we are in Christ. You need to know these things.
There even rose one takes on based on what we think we should be, how we should act, and uh, uh, the person we think someone else wants us to be. We create a picture in our mind, then emulate and bring that picture to life. Having a, an identity crisis is when you falsely identify yourself with a particular role or living by someone else's tenets of who you should be and you have mistaken them for your true self. When you believe in the lie that somebody else believes you to be. Have you ever lived that? Have you ever lived out uh, some uh, identity or, 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 or some uh, uh, viewpoint of what somebody else saw you as? I've done that as well. And sometimes we do that trying to please people. See, when you know when you, who you are in Christ, you don't have to be a people pleaser. Because you know for a fact that your goal is to please God. Don't settle for simp simply taking on a particular image that appeals to you, whether it's cool, sexy, glamorous, tough, or something else. Realize that cultural images alone are superficial. Behind their appeal is a good God-given longing to be everything God wants you to be. You already have within you the best image of all since God created you in his image. Focus on discovering more about what God's image looks like in you and how you can express it more in your life. Focus on the God in you. And as you focus on the God in you, you will begin to live that out. And that is the best you that you can be. Learn to build godly character on the inside. Because character, true character, is who you are. True godly character instilled and, 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 uh, and planted in you on the inside is who you really are meant to be. When you don't know who you really are, you become a slave to your feelings. Constantly reacting to them and becoming confused when they change. Have you ever done that? Have you ever made decisions and lived out your life based upon how you feel? I'm in a good mood today. So I'm good and I treat everybody nice. But tomorrow I'm in a bad mood. So I'm going to be mean. I'm not going to be loving. I'm not going to be kind. I'm not going to be friendly. I'm going to be mean. Have you ever done that? Listen. You and I are not to live a life according to our feelings. Because our feelings change. But you and I are called to walk in the spirit of God. Not according to the flesh. See, our flesh, along with, like I said, our, our uh, emotions, they change. 
But you and I are not called to walk. We are called to walk according to the Spirit of God. We're called to walk in the Spirit of God. And that is, we are called to, no matter what, walk in godly character. No matter how anybody treats you, you are called to walk in godly character. You are called to uphold the character of God. So the Word of God says that, you know, if you ever had someone to, to, to treat you, uh, let's say, uh, real unkindly, or they're just real rude to you, how do you respond to that? Do you respond by lashing out at them the same way that they treat you? That's not what the Bible says that you and I, that's not the conduct, that's not the character that you and I are to possess. He says that you and I are to overcome evil with good. So basically, no matter what comes my way, no matter how someone treats me, I will respond to you in a godly manner. No matter what. Seasons may change. Situations may change. Circumstances may change. But my character in God will not. I will stand rock solid. That's why you and I need that character of God. It is a rock solid character. No matter what. Because God never changes. He's constant. He's always the same. So you and I are to be the same way. We are to reflect that character to our friends and family. No matter what, no matter how you respond to me, no matter how you treat me, I'm going to respond to you in a godly manner. I'm going to treat you with respect. See, it's all based upon who I am, not who you are. That needs to be your, 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 uh, your, 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 your mindset. I'm not going to respond to you based upon how you treat me. I will respond to you based upon who I am and who I am in Christ. Amen. No matter what. No matter what. No, you're not going to allow, I'm not going to allow you to pull me out of who I am. Pull, pull, you, pull me out of who God called me to be so that I can satisfy my flesh. No, I'm going to walk, I'm going to stay in the spirit and I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to treat you right. I'm going to treat you the way that I want to be treated based upon who I am, not you. And that's got to be our character. Can you put a Romans uh, 3? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit on things of the Spirit. For to be carnally mind is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is the enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. 
So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When you and I allow our flesh to lead our life, we cannot please God in this flesh. What is the flesh? What, what am I talking about? I'm talking about that carnal man, that fallen nature of man, that part of me that does not want to obey God. That's what I'm talking about. See, you can't allow that part of you to lead your life. You can't allow that part of you to represent who you are. Because the Bible says that if we allow that man to live, then we are enemies of God. But when we walk according to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, then we are the children of God. If the Spirit of God dwells in you. See, if the Spirit of God dwells in you on the inside, you can't help but bring forth good fruit. You can't help because that is who you are. That is who, that is what is, what it is, what is on the inside of you, your true nature. See, we got to learn to allow the Holy Spirit of God in us to grow and to become larger. The more we listen, the more we obey, the stronger that you and I get. The more we study, the more time that we spend with God, the more that we become like him. That's why it is so important that you and I have a regular devotional, that we're spending time with God. See, the word, in, in, in the beginning, the word of God says that Adam and God met daily. Daily. You and I are to meet with the Father daily. You and I, don't, we don't know how to live this life without God. It was never meant for you to live this life without God. As David, I mean, as as. as as Adam lived and he met with God on it, God would tell him how to conduct business, how he should and who he should become. God was shaping and molding Adam into this replica of himself. That's what he's doing with you and I. He's shaping, molding us into the image of Christ, who is God in the flesh. That's who you and I are supposed to be. God in the flesh. The same spirit that dwelt in Christ dwells in you and also in me. Never meant to be alone. Never meant to be away from God. But meant to walk hand in hand as he leads and guides. As he shapes and molds you into the very person that he created you to be. He knows who you are better than you know yourself. Spend a little bit more time with him and allow him to continue to mold you. Continue to create that God-like character on the inside of you so that you can truly reflect the very image of God in the earth. Because the world needs to see the real God in us. Trust me, they know the difference. <laughs> they know the difference. They know the difference between what is authentic and what is a fake? And they're looking for the authentic men and women of God to show up and to show out. See, guys, we, are, we have a great calling on our life. But great as the, as the calling of our, uh, that is on our life, we are given everything that we need to succeed. Everything that you need 
to be that awesome man and woman of God. God has given them to you. It's waiting on you, but it's up to you to tap into it and to, to, to get it. It's there. Now, I, I guarantee you, if I told you that I was going to give you a million dollars, I'd probably have a line right down this altar. It'd be full. But can I tell you that the Spirit of God is more precious than a million dollars? You know, they used to have that little commercial and it said at the end that it was priceless. You know, it showed you certain things that this cost that and, uh, 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 you know, a truck cost you $45,000. Uh, uh, Mercedes Benz 500, whatever, cost you $80,000. The Spirit of God, priceless. 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 But it's given to you freely for all that ask. He says, I give it freely to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Freely to you. That you may become an overcomer. That you no longer would have to live in bondage to the enemy. But that you would experience true freedom. Hallelujah. In his presence. True freedom in his spirit. True peace. Now I don't know, I don't, I don't know if you ever spent a day without peace. But I have, and I tell you, peace is something that is treasured in my house. <laughs> we treasure the peace of God in our house. And we make sure that we don't exchange the peace of God for chaos. Because if you come in here with that chaos, you're going to have to leave. That's not welcome. But the peace of God is very valuable. As I look upon you awesome men and women of God, I can't help but think and ask, do you know who you are? Do you know what you have in God? Do you know the benefits that await you? Do you know the authority that has been given unto you? Do you know? No longer are we going to live less than what God called us to be. We're moving into an age, into a time where the true Christians are really going to have to stand up. And God is calling his people. He's calling us left and right and he's telling you, stand up. Be who I called you to be. Stop letting Hollywood tell you who you are. They don't have a clue. Look at Hollywood. Look at what's on TV, what's on television today. It's total chaos. Total chaos. But we are the answer. We are the children of God who has been called, anointed and appointed for such a time as this. In closing, I'm going to ask that the pastors and elders, prayer partners, would make themselves available now at the altar. But in closing, 
if you're here today and you don't know who you are, you've lived less than who God created you to be. And now you find yourself, you're in bondage. Or you're in chaos. There's no peace in your life. I'm here to let you know that today can be the day that you experience true joy, true peace. And that today can be the day that God would reveal to you who you are in him. Life is not worth living if you can't be who you were created to be. Don't live a life less than that. Allow God to shape and mold you, to create that godly character on the inside of you so that you can be blessed, so that you can be a blessing to your family and friends so that the world would see God on earth because we are his replicas we are the Jesus that people will see today for the same spirit that dwelt in him dwells in you and I these altars are open for those you're in need of God intervening on your behalf. You need God to step up to reveal himself to you and to reveal who you are in him. I want to thank you today for your time, your attention. And my prayer is that you continue to grow, that you continue to be who God created you to be, that your light may shine in the earth may God bless you we love you if you are if you need prayer of any kind our altars are open our prayer partners are here God bless you